The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. All right, thanks for joining us on Winning Ponies. Hope to have an exciting show for you tonight. Have some uh, very interesting and informative uh, guests. Of course, uh, we'll mostly be uh, addressing the, the Pimlico Stakes, uh, the Preakness Stakes at Pimlico, million dollars up for grabs. What a neat story. Of course, uh, Kentucky Derby winner Orb uh, was installed as the, as the even money favorite. And uh, it's going to be very interesting in that one of his primary competitors, uh, perhaps the biggest challenge, uh, is Departing, who passed the Derby uh, to go to the, uh, the Illinois Derby. And... Uh, these two horses, believe it or not, grew up in the same paddock uh, down at Claiborne Farm. And uh, while speaking uh, about uh, Claiborne Farm, uh, probably uh, the most uh, renowned uh, photographer uh, ever to shoot Secretariat, who, of course, is uh, buried there, um, we're going to be talking to a Bobby Shiflet. Now, uh, not a big name in in racing, uh, but uh, he's going to make a big impact on racing. Uh, Bobby was uh, one of the partners that put together a group that bought the uh, entire collection of Tony Leonard, the famed equine photographer's uh, collection. It, It is under lock and key right now. And it's in a vault, but they did not uh, waste too much time. They wanted to move ahead and get out in front of things. And there's just an unbelievable, I was able to obtain one of these down at Keeneland towards the end of the meet. And it's actually a 20-month calendar. They wanted to get it out before the Derby. And it's a collection of some of Tony Leonard's uh, greatest photos of Secretariat and uh, uh, it is just absolutely unbelievable. What's great is the story of how uh, Bobby and his partners came together uh, to to make sure that the collection uh, stayed intact. The uh, a lot of people were worried that the the collection was going to uh, kind of d- dissipate, and uh, different people would get uh, different negatives and not knowing where they'd go or how they'd be marketed. Uh, this way, we know that uh, that they are in in good hands. So uh, we'll be talking to Bobby Shiflett about that story and, of course, about, as if you've ever had to listen to this show, you know that uh, Tony Leonard was a, was a great friend of mine. And uh, then our, our, our third guest uh, is, is going to be uh, Mr. Tom Law. Of course, uh, Tom has, has been on the show before. Uh, now he has uh, 
changed his tack from Lexington, Kentucky uh, to Saratoga Springs. Uh, he is now the managing editor of ST Publishing, and uh, also he uh, works with the uh, Clancy Brothers uh, on, a, on an excellent uh, website called uh, This Is horseracing.com. If you haven't checked it out, please do. So uh, we're also hoping that we might get a uh, surprising call here from uh, one of the uh, participants in the Preetness Stakes. Our producer, D is, is working on that as I speak. Well, if you did miss the, uh, the draw yesterday, it was held at 6 o'clock, um, Orb drew the inside rail and was sent off at even money. No big surprise there. It's only a field of nine uh, that will uh, that will compete against him. So uh, again, of course, uh, Joel Rosario drew the rail. I don't think that's going to make much much of a difference uh, because uh, he likes to come from off the pace, so he can he can let them go on. Uh, should uh, during the week, uh, just highly confident uh, about the way he was training. He had a sensational uh, a workout on May 13th, and they just loved uh, the, the way he the way he went over the track there. Uh, so, yeah, Orb on the inside, Golden Sense, who finished uh, 17th and really was just eased in the Kentucky Derby, uh, got that got the number two hole, and uh, he is put right now at odds of. Eight to one. Of course, Kevin Krieger will be back in the saddle. Uh, then, uh, Title Town Five, long shot at thirty to one. One of D. Wayne Lucas's horses in there. Uh, Title Town Five, thirty to one. Then in the four hole, who is the old, uh, the old uh, paddock mate of uh, of Orb departing, right now installed at six to one. Uh, then at five to one is my loot. Uh, Rosie Napravnik will be. We'll be back in the saddle there on my loot horse that uh, some say had maybe a little bit of a problem in the Kentucky Derby, and uh, hopefully will uh, be uh, uh, make a little bit better show of himself. Of course, uh, in the uh, six hole will be uh, Gary Stevens aboard Oxbow, another D. Wayne Lucas trainee, and then another D. Wayne Lucas trainee will take charge, who was eighth in the Kentucky Derby. He was checked at the 316th pole. He's going to get a new jockey. He is going to uh, he's going to uh, get uh, Mike Smith aboard. Uh, that shouldn't hurt his chances at all. And then uh, Bob Baffert, who didn't make the Derby, is going to make the second leg of the Triple Crown. Uh, this is Governor Charlie. A uh, horse who's only had three lifetime starts, but the last was a pretty impressive five-length win in the uh, in this in the Sunland Derby. So uh, Governor Charlie, another one of those midnight loot horses that Baffert has. Of course, Baffert trained midnight loot, and it uh, seems like he's really starting to blossom as a stallion uh, with his horses that are three-year-olds. And then a horse that left a lot of people scratching their head. He went off at about 9-1 to one in the Derby, and that's It's My Lucky Day. Um, finished 15th, beating 22 and a half lengths. Uh, interesting change here. Uh, John Velasquez will be riding It's My Lucky Day for trainer Eddie Pleza. Well, um, we will take a look now at some of the other happenings uh, that are going to be going down there at, uh, at, at Pimlico this week. And it's going to start off 
on Friday tomorrow with the the ladies taking center stage, uh, the X-Riders race to fight cancer and the Lady Legends race. Of course, uh, Patricia Cooksey, who's been on Winning Ponies several times, uh, will be in the race. And uh, she was one of the earlier ones uh, that kind of kicked down the door for the male-dominated sport. As a matter of fact, the the whole reason that her name is PJ is uh, she was hoping a lot of trainers would think she's a boy and uh, not Patricia. Uh, Cooksey is is now 55. She's won over, uh, uh, oh, let's see, uh, 2011 races so uh you know we'll we'll be rooting for pj in that race but right now on the phone on the uh, winning ponies hotline we have none other than uh an individual that won the eclipse award as an apprentice jockey uh he's put in some great rides over the last uh, year uh first with fort larned and now with orbs rival departing brian hernandez jr are you with us Hey, John. Yes, sir. Hey, great, great to talk to you. Thanks for taking the time uh, out of your day to speak with us. Um, had a chance to talk with you earlier about departing. Uh, you know, the, the horse has never been off the board from five lifetime starts, four victories. You've been in the saddle for every single start of this son of, of Warfront. Kind of describe departing. You, you, you told me that from the very beginning after you broke his maiden, you kind of had the feeling he was something special. Yeah, I was very fortunate to get on him first time out for uh, for Claiborne Farms and Miss Adele Bill Schneider and Al and all those. And um, first time out he ran, he was going three quarters, and I wasn't sure if he was if he was going to be ready to win first time out. And he overcame it. He overcame going short first time and broke well and put himself in the race and did it all the right way. And uh, so fr- from there he went in an optional claimer, claimer, and then you guys shipped all the way to Houston in the uh, Texas Heritage. And once again, uh, departing shows the ability to to rate for you and then put a big run through the lane. Um, you know, d- describe his development over his five li- lifetime races. Yeah, he's uh, he's always been a really athletic horse. He uh, he it, it comes really easy to him, and he was actually entered in the Risen Star down at the fairgrounds the week before we went over to Texas. But uh, the, day of the, Ris- the day of Risen Star Day, he ended up drawing the 14 hole. So Al thought it would be better just to go ahead and scratch and, and find a little a little better position for him because it was going to be a lot to ask of him to step up in a grade three out the 14 hole, third start, and, and try to overcome all that. So we went over to Texas, and he ran a big race that night, and he just—he's gotten better with each race. He—he's developed in a really good. Um, you, you told me earlier that even though while he didn't win the Louisiana Derby, that uh, that he really stepped up and learned something from that race. Yeah, he did. Uh, going into the Louisiana Derby, we had a lot of confidence in him. We drew well that day. We drew the seven hole, and we had a lot of confidence thinking that he he'd go on and win the Louisiana Derby, but. Uh, it was a big step up that day. Revolutionary ran a really big race, and my loot coming off of his uh, Risen Star race, he ran another big race. And we were just third best that day. But he learned a lot out of that race. Uh, he had to overcome a little traffic, nothing bad. It was the first time he'd run against 14 horses in a in a race, and he he learned a lot coming out of there. And Larry Malonson, which he works him every time now that we're back in Kentucky, he worked him after Louisiana Derby going into the Illinois Derby. And he, he came to me one day in the jockstrom, and he was just bragging on how good the horse has gotten. 
Well, as I recall, I think his quote to you is that departing, he's become a man. That's exactly what he came up and told me. Uh, I'll tell you what, you, you couldn't have a, a better guy prepping your horse than Larry Melanson, who's won thousands of races uh, in, in his own right. And I was so happy to see him uh, uh, land a ride with Al Stahl. I was there in the paddock at Keeneland, and I noticed when Stahl's horse had come over, there was, there was this uh, bald gentleman with a suit looking good, helping with the saddling and everything. And I said, I think that's Larry. And then I found out that, uh, that, he's, that he's part of the team. So i got to guess you really appreciate any input he gives you. Yeah, of course. I mean, he's he's got a great spot there with Al. Al, Al trusts his judgment on a lot of the horses, and, and he does a great job. And anytime a guy like that, I mean, he knows what he's talking about. He's ridden plenty of champions and good horses. Anytime he comes up and tells you, hey, this is going to be a really good one, you got to take his word for it because he knows what he's talking about. Well, as a matter of fact, yeah, I remember uh, uh, when he used to ride uh, – oh, Phantom on tour, and I believe he won the Arkansas Derby on that horse, a good old Ohio bred who went on to be uh, be horse of the year. Well, um, departing uh, the Illinois Derby, boy, they didn't do you any favors uh, drawing you on. I believe you came out of the 13 hole there, but uh, he really grabbed the track and just took off down the lane with you. Yeah, he did. He uh, he didn't draw great that day, like you said, the 13 hole. We were a little concerned about it, but uh, we had one break from our outside, so we went up there with all the confidence in the world, thinking that we had the best three-year-old on that day, and he uh, he showed it. He he overcame a little bit of a wide trip on both turns, and it didn't bug him, and then turning for home. The, the middle of the second turn, I, I figured I was on the best horse, because he was just, the way he does it, he's very athletic and does it the right way, and he, he just cruised by those horses that day, and he did it with a little more in the tank. Uh, now, you've obviously been at, been at Churchill Downs. You'll probably get in Friday night. Has the horse uh, settled into Pimlico? Is he already bedded down there? Yeah, the horse is bedded down. He got there um, yesterday morning. He flew in yesterday morning. He trained this morning over the track, and he got, got a feel of it. He looked around, seen all the tents and all the festivities going around. And I watched a video of him train this morning. He looked great, and Al's there with him. So we got all the confidence in the world going into Saturday that we're looking for a big race out of him. Well, that was going to be my next question: is uh, is how you felt going into to such a, a historic race, the the 138th running of the Preakness Stakes. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty exciting to be able to go into go into the Preakness with all its history and riding for people like Claiborne with their history, and then we have the little the Orb departing. Uh, Remat, re- renewal of them getting back together after spending a few months in the field together like they did. Yeah, I wonder if I wonder if anybody's got videos of them romping in the field. We might get an inside look at how the race can come out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We might have a little more insight of it. Uh, might be a little more insightful than the DRF PPs on them, huh? <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we're talking uh, with uh, with Brian Hernandez, uh, Jr. Uh, he's going to be aboard departing uh, the, the horse that most say is the biggest threat to uh, the Kentucky Derby winner, Orb. Brian, thanks for spending some time with us on Winning Ponies. Really appreciate your effort. Yes, sir, John. Thanks for having me on again. All right, that's uh, that's Brian Hernandez. Let's take a quick look at the the races that we uh, that we handicapped on the show last week and see how we came out. Of course, um, should Orb win the uh, Preakness Stakes, uh, it's on to the Belmont, and one of the biggest Belmont preps is is the Peter Pan Stakes. 
And uh, what a wake-up call for Freedom Child, a Tom Albert trainee, uh, trainee uh, went wire to wire. You know, it was a sloppy track, won by 13 and a quarter lengths. Freedom Child. So you can bet that uh, that he's wound up. He's, he's another one of the Spendthrift Farm horses by Malibu Moon, who's absolutely on fire. His all of his babies are selling good, and all of his horses at the at the track are running well. Uh, so uh, Saint Vinyur, who was uh, Tom Lamara's pick, uh, ran ran second, and uh, third was. Go get the basil, another horse that came out of the Wood Memorial. So we'll see what effect the Peter Pan has on the Belmont. Historically, it usually has. All right, uh, out at Hollywood Park, bit of an upset here with a horse that had never raced in North America. It was the British bred Charlie M. Patrick Gallagher saddled the horse. Garrett Gomez took the mount, went to the front, pretty much was on the lead most of the way, lasted by a head at 10 to 1. He upsetted the heavy favorite Scarlet Strike that Jerry Hollendorf, for trainee, we felt was the horse to beat. And finishing in the third spot was the lightly race Kerry Aki. Then we went up to Woodbine, and we really thought that the, this was uh, Mark Cassie's race to maybe hit the hit the trifecta, but we we ended up with an upset up there in the Queenston at Woodbine in wire to wire fashion at seventeen to one. It was Black Hornet. They took the blinkers off Black Hornet. I guess that worked for trainer Pat Parente. Got the job done. Seventeen to one was first over the inside. Uh, Cassie Horse, Jagger M, and third, the favored Cassie Horse, Dynamic Sky. So that was a look at last week's results. I want to thank uh, Brian Hernandez, Jr. for calling in, giving us some insight to the Preakness, a race we'll be handicapping in a little bit with Tom Law. But before we get to there, we are going to talk to a gentleman that has saved a very critical part of racing history. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. Back 
shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left. He's still out. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me right now is a gentleman by the name of Bobby Shiflett. He may not be well-known in the world of thoroughbred racing, but you're going to get to know him if you get to part of a project uh, that he's worked long and hard on with some uh, partners of his. He is known as one of the better uh, framers in the Lexington, Kentucky area. He actually has frames on Maine that uh, is only, I guess, about a mile away from Claiborne Farm, where historic secretariat uh, stood his stud career and and where he's buried today and Bobby Shiflett and his partners um, were able to uh, pool their resources and and save uh, what I feel is probably the best collection of negatives in thoroughbred racing those of my uh, my good friend and mentor Tony Leonard Bobby hi Bobby yes sir oh how you doing tonight sorry I'm doing good John thanks I know it's a. I don't want to belabor the story, but I guess to to put it in a nutshell, uh, you got to, you got you got involved in this personally because because you got to know Tony because you had many of his uh, photos of Secretariat uh, framed and in your storefront. Yeah, I've, I've known Tony for over twenty, probably twenty twenty five years, and uh, just because of the location of my shop, which is like you said, about a mile from uh, from Claiborne Farm. You know, I sold a lot. I mean, I've sent his photographs, especially of Secretary, all over the world. And, you know, just got to got a good relationship with Tony over the years. And he loved coming over because I always had his stuff in my showcase and <laughs> hanging on the wall. And he'd come out and talk to me and, you know, just got to get a good personal relationship with him. Oh, what an, I mean, you knew him well. I mean, he was always just a, a treat to sit and talk to him. and He's just an entertaining guy. Yeah, I mean those eyes would twinkle, and 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 he was generous uh, w- w- with his knowledge. Uh, you know, a lot of photographers are kind of jealous of one another. Uh, Tony would take a young guy, of which I was a young equine photographer at the time, uh, under his wing, and uh, you know he didn't have any problem sharing the knowledge, and especially some sometimes I remember I got lucky one day I went way up on the turn of Keeneland and spent like five races with him, and it was one of the best times I I, I ever had, and uh, it, you know obviously found through his his whole career uh then uh, tony fell into ill health uh he and his wife adele uh, were moved into several different nursing homes that's a story into its own right but at least it, it looks like it, it had a, it had a happy ending so many of us were worried that his negatives were going to fall in different places and people were going to market them in different ways and, and instead uh, you and some partners you've got you've got uh, total control o- over his negatives which are kept and safe and i've just got to tell everybody uh i'm not here to show for you but I hold in my hand this 40th anniversary of his Triple Crown uh, Collector's Edition uh, a calendar. And what's neat is you, you wanted to get it out into the hands of people but didn't want to short them any months. And this is actually a 20-month calendar with some of the most gorgeous 
equine images I've ever seen, number one, because Tony took them, but number two, because uh, you're a pretty experienced uh, lithographer um, by trade, and it seems like you've been somehow able to enhance uh, the beauty of Tony's photos. Well, you know, Tony was an artist. Uh, Everybody knows that. He's a great photographer. I actually dealt with him when I was in the printing industry, and what his final product, his final product didn't always actually end up as good as the original photographs. And that really wasn't a fault of Tony's. You can't do everything. And one of the things that the experience that I've had was our goal, my, mine and my two other partners, John Adger and Dave Sorrell, we want to kind of take his images and actually, you know, make them look as good as the original photographs. And we went to great links to make these images just i mean not really enhanced they're just they're just printed very clean the printing company did a great job on oh, it oh yeah we got the we got uh, Dan Silvestri in Lexington Kentucky scanned the original two and a quarter Hasselblad negatives so i mean they're just incredible i mean they're just we're so very pleased with the way this turned out and we kind of you know our whole mission statement is to kind of kind of add to his legacy and I think if Tony saw this calendar, I think he'd be proud, don't you? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And and what's interesting is is we have nowhere near seen it. You told me that you've got somebody kind of working on the logging of the negatives, and I think you said there might be over 5,000 of them? No. 50,000. Five. We think we don't have it done yet. We don't have them all cataloged, but... The thing that made Tony so different, a lot of photographers, they're photographers, but, yeah, they, they have another day job. You know, Tony was a photographer. That's all he did. So you can imagine 40 to 50 years of going out, maybe not every day, but most days, and shooting several rolls of film. We, we have what we think is probably at least 500,000 negatives. Unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. It really is overwhelming. Well, I, I, I have to tell our listeners, too, this isn't just something that you put up to put the kids' birthdays on there. You, you have uh, secretariats, lifetime past performances in here. Uh, you have touching pictures of him and Adele and him of the Queen in England. Uh, you've, you've got uh, secretary, kind of a commentary on the, on the whole Triple Crown. And, and you've got some great uh, side stories uh, written by uh, uh, the Eclipse Award-winning author Edward Bowen and, of course, the master. Dogwood Stable, Cot Campbell. Uh, there's way more to this than just something to put up on your wall and mark uh, birthdays and when bills are due. It's kind of a, you know, I guess in a way we kind of wanted to do an abbreviated book calendar. You know, I mean, if it makes sense, it is. It's, that's what people have. People that are buying it are calling me back and coming back and saying, you know, man, this has just got so much information. It's got his uh, racing career in the back of it. I mean, it's uh, we're very, very proud of it, and it's it's selling really well. And funny thing about it, you talk, you were talking earlier to me about how you didn't want to ride on it. What's amazing to me is a lot of people are buying two copies. <laughs> they're buying <laughs> I one don't blame copy them. to use, and then they're keeping one in the in the uh, shrink wrap, and they're just going to keep it as the collectible. And that's something that. I don't know that we really expected, but it's an it's an amazing number of people that are actually buying two copies of it. Well, uh, another factor of, of this entire process that that needs to go stated on the behalf of you and your partners is is that uh, 
part of the proceeds of this is is still going to help uh, his widow Adele, and I and I really think that that's a, that, that's a fantastic part of uh, of what you're doing here, Bobby. Well, that's yeah, that's part of it. Um, you know, we we all three of us feel kind of the same way about this whole project. We this we both feel the same way. This history of the thoroughbred industry during its heyday could have been just kind of auctioned off in lots. We just felt like that it was very important to be kept intact. And, you know, to and, and what we're doing is, is trying to help. And we're, we actually have plans to start a scholarship at the University of Kentucky in the visual arts. Now, we're not there yet, but uh, we're already talking with the people at UK and we hope to sometime and maybe not too distant future start that because I think that would be a nice way to carry on Tony's legacy as well. Now that is that is fantastic, Bobby. It really is. Well, uh, certainly we've we've piqued the interest uh, of the people there. I know that there's going to be some. Uh, while you won't be there personally, I, I do believe that the uh, anybody that's down at the Preakness, because this is the 40th anniversary of the Triple Crown, uh, will, will hopefully be able to get their hands on on your calendar. But uh, if I was to find out more about this, would I go to the Tony Leonard Collection at gmail.com is that the best way to well, learn more about it we actually we're, we're like i said all three of us kind of have a day job and we've got other people working on this right now there's a facebook page the tony leonard collection and we actually have the tony leonard collection.com uh website being constructed that's not complete yet but it's being constructed so you can go to the tony leonard collection facebook page and kind of find out about and and there will be a presence this weekend at um there's going to be a tent a secretariat tent at the preakness and ron turcott's going to be there i think signing the calendars and uh, charlie davis the exercise rider and uh you know it's uh and i tell you where who's really helped us with the sale of this as well as the blood horse you can go to bloodhorse.com and get online, and it's it's really done well there, and they've done a great job of helping us market this. Well, anybody that's down there at the Preakness, I know my friend Tom Law is going to be on with me next. I'm going to tell him to go get one of these because the front cover photo with Ron Turcott looking over his shoulder with the blanket of roses, and there's no one else in the picture. You have to wonder where everyone else is. Is so striking to get that autographed and have it framed. And I mean, I, I think that's the reason why I can't write on it. I, I, I want to frame almost every single page on this, Bobby. Well, but, most uh, of these. So I advise anybody that's down there that can get their hands on one of these to do it. And, and again, you know, you've got things like the scholarship funds uh, getting geared up. Uh, you're helping to take care of Adele. Uh, it, it's for a great cause. And I just thank you from the bottom of my heart for the memory of Tony in, in, in keeping his spirit alive. In, in, in such a wonderful fashion. Well, we're, we feel like we have a, for lack of a better word, kind of a commission to do this. Where all three of us feel the same way, that we've got a big responsibility to kind of carry it forward for posterity. Try to not sound too corny, but um, you and I both feel the same way about this. This is, I mean, it's important now, but this will even be more important, I think, in 50 years to have this intact. The whole Absolutely. Collection. Absolutely, it will. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to uh, Mains on Frame owner Bobby Shiflett. If you happen to be in Paris, Kentucky, stop by his shop. And uh, once again, we ask you to go to the Facebook page, the Tony Leonard Collection, to find out more and how you can help. Bobby, thanks so much for being a guest on Winning Ponies. Okay, thank you, John. All right, take care. Uh-huh. Up next, Tom Law. 
Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Every Wednesday, you'll want to talk sports with touchdown Tony Collins and his co-host Bill Mattis. Tony's broken records and has been to the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl. We'll talk about what's happening in sports every week with news, action, and notable guests from all aspects of the sports world. We'll also involve you by discussing questions and topics of interest sent in via email from listeners all over the world. Become what you believe. Tune into Sports Talk with Touchdown Tony Collins, Wednesdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you're tuned in to winning ponies with your host john Engelhart. got a tip for us need a tip from us if you want to talk with john or his guests the phone lines are now open toll free at 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com now back to winning ponies with john Engelhart. All right, and with me right now is is Tom Law. We he's been on the program uh, many times uh, in in the past, representing the Thoroughbred Times. Uh, now he's the managing editor of ST Publishing. They say you can't go home again, uh, but he's back at Saratoga Springs. And uh, not only did they put out the Saratoga special, if I'm correct about that, Tom, but also you're putting out this is horseracing dot com. Uh, which is a, a pretty cutting-edge uh, website. I love your lead story on it this week. Yeah, thank you, John. It's uh, It's been a lot of fun putting uh, the content together for This Is Horse Racing. It's, a little, it's been, like I said, a lot of fun, and, and we're hoping to tell a lot of great stories. As you know, there's, there's uh, never a shortage of good stories in, in horse racing, and, and this time of year especially so. All right, well, I want everybody to bookmark this, okay? This is horse racing. Put it in your bookmarks. Put it in your favorites. And really, I, the, the lead story I'm, I'm alluding to is what are the odds that two horses that grew up in the same paddock would be squaring off in a triple crown race? 30,000 to one? I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's got to be a huge uh, astronomical odd. I mean, just the fact that there's, you know, 30,000, 25 to 35,000 horses born every year, it's hard enough to get to get a horse maybe off one farm into a classic race, and now here, here we go with two, um, and, and really two legitimate contenders. I know you had uh, Brian Hernandez on earlier uh, in the show, and obviously he knows all too well, the, ho- the horse that he's riding has a, a real legitimate shot, and uh, you know, I, I, I'm. You, you mentioned that I'm in Saratoga. I'm actually uh, right now. I'm actually in Baltimore. I've been down here and uh, got a real good look at the horses today. Uh, departing just got here 
uh, from Churchill yesterday. So he was out on the track today, and uh, you know he's uh, he's a, a really nice looking horse, and uh, I think he's it's going to take some running to, to beat him. But uh, obviously, all eyes are are on Orb, and and, and rightfully so. And uh, you know, really, uh, everybody's going to have to probably run their race to beat him too. So, well, an, an additional part of the of the Orb uh, departing matchup is this. Uh, in, in my historic feel for for the game, uh, th- th- this wonderful spin back into time uh, about these great foundation families that are in the bloodlines of both of these horses. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about multi-generations uh, with Orb. I think uh, the Phipps and, and Janney uh, pedigrees are, are all over this horse. Um, Lady Liberty, of course, was a horse that they raced, and and was a you know a modest winner. She was a little bit stakes placed. Uh, they actually thought about selling her at one point, but they decided to keep her. But and <laughs> that proved to be a great move and and bred her to a, a a little bit different stallion maybe than they've used in the past in, in Malibu Moon. And and the same goes for Leave, uh, one of uh, you know of by uh, by the Claiborne stallion pulpit. And uh, you know, by and he, and departing is by Warfront, who stands at Claiborne, and and Warfront is by Danzig, who stands at Claiborne. So that's uh, just the, really just talking about the sire side of the family. But I think the dams uh, of these horses, you know, have have been at Claiborne Farm for uh, decades. The, the the second dams, third dams, fourth dams. So it's uh, yeah, it's great history, and, and and really there's a lot of great history when you talk about. Uh, the matchups, uh, here they go again you know, on the story I wrote titled Here They Go Again on this horse racing about, uh, two other really notable matchups, uh, back in the, back in the 50s with Bold Ruler and Round Table who were born in the same barn on the same night at Claiborne Farm. And then, of course, uh, Seeking the Gold and 49er back in 1988 who were, uh, raised in the same field, uh, just like Orb and Departing. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah. It really, it really is. And, Again, it's a, think of the history of Claiborne. It's just unbelievable. Of course, we're just talking about uh, uh, the, the great secretariat who who's, uh, right. uh, didn't grow up on that farm but stood his stud, fee, stud there and, uh, and, 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 is, and is buried there. Um, well, you've been down there. Uh, you've, you got a peek at the horses this morning, I know. You, you just commented on departing. I thought we'd concentrate you know, a, a little bit on the Preakness. I mean, Mm-hmm. Let's face it, this race has to go through Orb. He has just won five races in a row, and he's done them in a fashion that shows that he, he, he's almost push-button. And Joel Rosario certainly gave him a fantastic ride uh, in the Kentucky Derby. He's back aboard uh, on Saturday. Uh, and you're, I'm going to guess you're going to agree with me that he's the one to beat. It, let me know who you're putting underneath him. <laughs> Um, well, it's, you know, I'm not going to give out any great value. Uh, unfortunately today, I do, I do like a couple of price horses on some of the other races that you and I, I think are going to talk about a little bit later. But, um, I, like I said earlier, I think the race goes, like you said, goes through orb and I don't think the, the rail post position is going to hurt him. I think he's a, a horse that can lay up pretty close to the pace. If there is no pace in the race, I, I do think that it's probably going to be a fairly lively pace. I think might see Golden Sense, Title Town Five, horses like that uh, out there early. Maybe even Oxbow. He had a little bit of, you know, he was he was up in there last time. And Governor Charlie, pretty much Jim Barnes, uh, Bob Baffert's uh, main assistant, basically said, you know, Orb's going to have to run us down. So, um, 
but but that said, I you know I think departing on a class angle and and, and really he's coming off a nice uh, progression of races. You know he had the the race at Sam, uh, Sam Houston on March second, then he had another race four weeks later in the Louisiana Derby. Had another uh, another race three weeks later in the Illinois Derby. Now he's had four weeks off to run in the Preakness. So. Uh, and, and really, he was really impressive in the Illinois Derby. I don't think it was a great field, but he did it the way you want to see a horse do it very professionally. So, um, you know, is he good enough to, to beat Orb on Orb's best day? I don't think so. Um, so, you know, but I, I really, I had a really hard time trying to figure out maybe another horse in here. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's a decent group, but uh, I can't get past those two, and I, I don't really having a hard time with any of the other horses. Or maybe maybe one of Lucas's horses, I think, at a price. Um, Will Take Charge is a real, uh, really good-looking horse, really yeah. physically imposing, 17-plus hands, a uh, big uh, big white face, big chestnut horse, and uh, hadn't run in a long time prior to the Derby, finished eighth in there, had had some trouble in there, and um, gets Mike Smith in here. He, he could be one to, to take a look at maybe at a price. Yeah, really, you know, I mean, I, I know you've got uh, several horses coming out of the Derby here, but quite frankly, uh, for for a 19-horse field, it was a rather cleanly run Derby. I guess aside from the sloppy track, none of them really have big excuses. No, and, and so so a lot of the horses, I think, that that didn't really run well in the Derby, uh, I, know it was a, I know it was a sloppy track, and, and, you know, maybe it affected some of those horses, but I really have a hard time, and, and I... I could be proven wrong, but a horse like Golden Fence, I mean, he got beat almost 50 lengths, and uh, it's my lucky day. You know, he got beat more than 22 lengths, and uh, these are horses that are kind of attracting a lot of attention. I'm, I'm just thinking, uh, were they that bad, or was Orb that good? And, and maybe they're not, but that's still an awfully big margin to, to make up the, the, the difference of. With a horse like Orb, who's trained by Chug McGahee, uh, a guy that, brings his horses to races to win, you know, and uh, obviously he's he's going to run in the Preakness off the Derby, but uh, Orb has shown no signs of sort of regressing at all, um, and including he had a, just a great workout uh, the other day on Monday at Belmont Park that, you know, people that I've spoken to that were actually there in person that saw it uh, were very, very impressed. And, of course, you know, Shug was, uh, was kind of gushing over the work as well. And, he, you know, he's kind of a, uh understated, guy usually and he's just got this quiet confidence this uh you know aura uh, about him and i and i think rightfully so the horse deserves it no i actually you you just took away exactly where i was going to segue into it is that you know shug really is uh you know he's not a gregarious sort he goes about his business he does his work but i've heard some quotes come out of him in the last week and a half that really kind of took me back i mean he, he's almost like a kid in a candy store it's like he can't believe how good this horse is going and his appreciation for the derby win just oozes out of him in the interviews yeah i mean he just is like you 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 summed it up perfectly you know he's not a guy that is real out there and, you know, trying to do wisecracks and going for sound bites and everything. I mean, he's a, you know, a, he's a horse trainer and he's a, a very, very good horse trainer. And he, he was an outstanding horse trainer long before he won the Kentucky Derby. And, you know, it, it was a great win for him and it added to his resume. But, you know, he's just a guy that he develops horses 
the right way and everybody talks about old school, but you know, whether it's old school or, or new school, I don't know. He's been doing it for a long time and he, he really develops his horses and, you know, and this is a horse that has really, really developed a lot since uh, January and, and continues to go in the right direction. And I, I don't necessarily know that that was the case in the Derby with a lot of horses that were really big contenders. They, as you see a lot of years, you know, guys are, are kind of squeezing the last bit out of those horses when to just to get to the Derby. Uh, Should with Orb was to the complete opposite. Well, uh, you know, it, once again, we'll find out uh, shortly after six or so on Saturday whether or not we'll be going for a triple crown. We all know how important that is to us in the industry as far as the eyes of the non-racing public starting to find out about racing and wanting to know what's going on with the Triple Crown. And certainly the Preakness Stakes is Belmont Park's biggest day. (laughs) So uh, we'll find out what happens on Saturday. I'll tell you what, Tom, we're going to take a brief break here. And we come back, there's uh, some other interesting races at Pimlico. Uh, On Friday, you can bet the Pimlico Preakness double. And then uh, one of my favorite races uh, is the uh, the black eyed Susan and it looks like we got a good match up in there and you kind of intonated that you might even have a price so we're going to take a little bit of a break and we're going to be back with Tom Law you're listening to Winning Ponies. <laughs> internet flagship station for sports Voice America Sports and they're off what can't make it to the track you can still get all the action with winningponies.com the home of the easy win form the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and arabian horses at most american and canadian tracks whether it be the triple crown breeders cup Travers, Haskell, or your daily races. Don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, Tom Law, the managing editor of ST uh, Publishing. And don't forget www.thisishorseracing.com. You will love this site. And, uh, Tom, uh, before we go on uh, to handicapping these last two races, uh, how are things? I know you had uh, up uh, up route uh, from Saratoga to Lexington and now from Lexington back to Saratoga. How are things going up there? Things are going great. I uh, moved um, the first week of April, which wasn't great timing uh, from a horse racing standpoint with 
uh, racing just getting underway in uh, in at Keeneland in Lexington, and then the Derby right around the corner. So I missed the Derby this year. I watched it uh, at home in my living room. Avoided the rain. It was actually a beautiful day in Saratoga that day, so that was <laughs> that was nice. But uh, getting settled in in Saratoga, I, I got a place uh, not too far from the from the racetrack. Been over the Oklahoma, uh, the Seahorses one day, and, and I need to get over there a little bit more. And uh, Saratoga, it's great. It's a lot different than when I lived there 15 years ago and where I grew up, but. Uh, Still a very vibrant and, and very energetic city, and of course, everybody will start gearing up big time for the races here real soon. Oh, a- absolutely! And uh, again, to to our listeners, I know they this uh, being internet is around the world. Uh, if you, if you love horses and you love horse racing, you have to go to Saratoga to understand what what Tom's talking about. Uh, the feel that you get during live racing there is is like none other, and the town itself is is just a, a marvelous, marvelous place. It's like a, a step into a Norman Rockwell painting. Well, let's go let's go from Saratoga uh, back to a city that's not quite as pretty, Baltimore. Um, uh, Pimlico uh, will have. Uh, uh, Two races uh, coming up on Friday of, of a lot of interest. Uh, let, let's start with one that's got a lot of history to it, and that's uh, the Black-Eyed Susan. Uh, what, the, what the Kentucky Oaks is to the Derby, the Black-Eyed Susan is to the Preakness. Uh, these three-year-old fillies will be going a mile and an eighth. How do you see this race coming up, Tom? Well, I think the, you, you mentioned uh, before we went to the break, it's sort of a good showdown in here. I think it's the West Coast horse, uh, 50 Shades of Hay, which is uh, Bob Baffert's filly that he, he thought about running in the Kentucky Oaks. Uh, she won the Santa Isabel and has placed in a couple grade ones in California. Last time, kind of taking on Amolian, who was just a powerful, uh, dominant winner of the Ashland off uh, seven days rest for Bill Mott. Kind of a, an interesting move for, for Bill Mott going from dirt uh, to poly track and then on a seven day rest for him is, uh, you know, it's a, a very unorthodox move for him. So obviously he was, he was feeling good about her. Um, so I, you know, I kind of lean towards her a little bit. I'm not a huge fan of horses that people are kind of waft, uh, wavering about, well, should I run in this race or should I not? So, you know, I, maybe I'll, I'll try to beat 50 shades of hay in here, but I think Emollient's going to be pretty tough. I actually like a horse underneath, uh, speaking of Bill Mott, a guy named uh, Ralph Nix, he trains uh, Marakaya, is a uh, filly by Big Brown, just to her inside. And uh, Ralph was the uh, assistant for, for Bill for a long time. And this filly is two for two. I actually got a good chance to uh, spend a little time with Ralph today and, and, and watch this filly train. Um, man, she's a, a, a good-looking uh, horse, and, and she's done nothing wrong in her two starts. And he's pretty high on her, um, hoping that she really handles the – the two turns for the first time. She's only been six furlongs and a mile in her first two starts down at Gulfstream. So she's had a little bit of a freshening, but she looks uh, she looks pretty good in here. She's eight to one on the line, and John Velasquez uh, stays aboard. So that's that that could be a, a decent price for you. Yeah, you keep stealing my thunder. I'm thinking, you know, John Velasquez <laughs> has been with this filly since she broke her maiden, and he's going to be with her in the Black Eyed Susan. Uh, that that is a good point. Um, yeah, Fifty Shades of Hay, for those uh, on the West Coast they are familiar with her, uh, she's been running behind Beholder, who ran a bang-up race in the Oaks. She's going to get two changes here, uh, and I don't know what the, the, ang- the angle is, but who am I to question Bob Baffert? One of my angles, if you ever listen to my handicapping, is if there's an equipment change and a bullet work, I love it. And we're going to have 
for some reason, blinkers are going back on Fifty Shades of Hay. And at Churchill the other day, she was the best of 27 going five furlongs. And a change from Rafael Bayarano to the red-hot Joel Rosario. I, I just see this as a great two-horse matchup between Fifty Shades of Hay and, and Emollient because of all the angles involved. Yeah, it's a good, it's, you know, it's a powerful angle. It's hard to, to knock the uh, momentum that, uh, Joel Rosario has these days. I mean, he's just unconscious riding in, in all kinds of, of races, whether they're uh, big races, stakes races, or or undercard races or allowance races. I mean, he's just doing no wrong. He's, he's really in the zone, and and that's a, a great uh, rider switch. And, and I like to see Baffert horses, you know, breathe a nice, good, strong five eight like like this filly did the other day. Well, uh, that that leads us to a couple minutes left and a legendary Pimlico special. Uh, they'll be going a mile and three sixteenths. Uh, we've got some horses that uh, maybe are a little bit long in the tooth, but uh, still got some wins left in them. Of course, uh, Richard's kid's been all over the world, and he's won over uh, $2.3 million. Uh, then you've got a horse who finished ninth by 31 lengths in this race last year that's being made the favorite at 9-5. to five. Eight of a fast to catch, if I'm pronouncing that right, a seven-year-old gelding. Uh, but I think both of these horses are, are vulnerable as, as they get into their older age. Yeah, eight too fast to catch is, uh, you know, he's pretty short on the line. He's nine to five. He comes off a really nice win. They got a big uh, big figure last time at Pimlico. He's won a race at Pimlico, which uh, is never a bad thing. But it was a, a race that was off the turf. Um uh, although the, the five horse, horse field horse. had it all yeah, its own five. way, you know. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he likes to he likes to be out there on the lead by himself. Um, whether he gets that trip again, I don't know. Uh, he might. It's on paper, it doesn't look like there's a ton of speed in there. The, the horses all to his inside are, are kind of local uh, Maryland Mid Atlantic horses that uh, you know running it allowance starter races and claiming races. So I would say he's probably going to get, get first run to the first turn. You know, I, I, the horse I like the most is last gunfighter. I'm just looking at his recent progression. I mean, he's five, he's won his last five starts since uh, he was purchased privately and, and moved to Chad Brown, um, including the Excelsior last time in a mile and eight showed no signs of that distance is going to be any problem for him, but uh, he's by first samurai. Um, and, and Chad has just done uh, a great job with him and, and Javier Castellano, who's another rider that's riding very, very well these days, um, gets back on him. He rode him a couple of years ago. Uh, I, I don't like Richard's kid at all. You mentioned him. He's a, he's a good old-class horse, but his form is just way off for me. I, I might go one inside last gunfighter, Concealed Identity. He's a horse that likes Pimlico. He actually finished third in that 8 to fast to catch race two back, and then they ran him on the grass last time, and he just really didn't run very well at all. But he's run some pretty good two-turn races in Maryland throughout his career. And, you know, he could he could have a, a decent chance at a price. It's, it's not right. the strongest. Well, listen, Tom, I'm, I'm getting uh, the, 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 uh, the signal from my producer that I've got to get yeah. out of here. Thanks so much for spending the time with us. Tom Law, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, this is horseracing.com. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Thanks to Brian Hernandez and Bobby Shiflett. Remember, if you take a loved one to the track, practice safe bets. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. 
Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.